Our scripture reading for today comes from Psalms chapter 51, verses 1 through 5. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out all my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your <coughs> sight. So that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner, when my mother conceived me. Are you, are you well informed now about the circle and the square? And, and uh, most of us didn't know fully what they are involved in. Now we have an understanding, and we want to thank them for what they do, because church is not only a place for us to sing and pray. Church is a place for us to eat and drink, and they do both. Thank, thank you for your service, and thank you for your fellowship with us. Question, is it true that we all make mistakes? Is it also correct that for the most part, we all have regrets? The other day I was driving and listening to a psychologist on the radio. A guy called in and was pouring out his heart about how guilty he felt for things he had done wrong. <clears throat> he asked the psychologist, how can I get rid of my guilt? The psychologist said, you can't. You've got to learn to live with it. But really, do you have to go through life filled with guilt? As a pastor, I was thinking, do I have to go through life feeling guilty every day? Because I believe that the radio psychologist needs to realize that there is no reason in the world you have to live with guilt throughout your life. Because knowing my faith and knowing my God, for me being a Christian, I know and we all know very well that God has given us a way to get rid of guilt. I don't have to live with guilt, feeling guilty every day. 
And one way for me to get rid of my guilt is called confession. Because God promises that when we confess, he forgives us instantly, totally, completely, and freely. The scripture says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My friend, if you are a Christian carrying guilt around, my friends, it's because you've not taken advantage of what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. That's part of the reason why he died for me and for you. So that we don't carry guilt with us day after day after day because it weighs us, it, it brings us down every moment of the day. Author and rabbi Harold Kushner shared the experience of visiting two families who were deep in grief. Each of this family has lost an elderly matriarch. The mother of the family has gone. And these two elderly ladies died of natural causes. At the first home, the son of the deceased woman confessed to the rabbi, if only I had sent my mother to Florida and gotten her out of this cold, she would be alive today. It's my fault that she died. At the second home, the son told the rabbi, if only I hadn't insisted on my mother going to Florida, we would, she would be alive today. It's my fault that she died. Two homes with two losses. Two men struggling to go forward under equal burdens of unresolved guilt. Yet, was either of them actually responsible for their mother's death? Isn't it possible that both of them had saddled themselves unnecessarily with the feeling of guilt? If only. And every day you go around with that. We read the scripture. And there is a very good story in the Bible about a man called David. It has nothing to do with David's choir. But about a man called David, king of Israel. He had an experience that struck terror into his heart. A simple story told by him to the prophet Nathan and the response of the prophet Nathan to him. The story is familiar in the Bible. 2 Samuel, the 12th chapter. Indeed, there were two men in a certain town. Nathan began. 
one rich and the other one poor. The rich man had immense herd of sheep and cattle. The poor man had nothing except a small lamb. The poor man raised the lamb as a pet. It grew up with his children. It shared its food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now, there came a traveler, a man who traveled, and he was rich. He came to visit them. This rich man was obligated to provide a meal for the visitor. However, instead of taking one of his own sheep or cattle to sacrifice for the meal, he took the small lamb that belonged to the poor man. And remember, this poor man only had just one. And then the prophet Nathan finished the story. And David was filled with indignation toward the rich man. And he said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, this man who did this to the poor man deserve to die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. He destroyed the poor man. And then Nathan said to David, four words that are memorable words. Nathan said to David, you are the man. You struck down Uriah the Ethite. And you took what belonged to Uriah as your own. My friends, it's one of the most powerful scenes in all of literature. We had the prophet Nathan was able to look at King David and says to David, you are the man. In other words, David was guilty. David had taken Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. David had supported the death of Uriah. And now David is guilty. Oh, David, you have to live with that guilt for the rest of your life. But does he? Does he have to live with that guilt for the rest of the life? David had sinned. The kids this morning were asked about sin and sinning. And they have an idea of what that means. Sometimes we do something so awful, something wrong, something that God himself would not be happy with us doing. And we are convicted. 
deep down in our hearts, in our soul, and in our mind, we are convicted. We have sinned. And David has sinned, my friends, and he knew it. The entire nation knew it. The prophet Nathan confronted him with it. David had abused his power as the divinely appointed ruler of his nation. A man after God's own heart. Because that's the way God described David in the Bible. That David was a man after God's own heart. But he had failed God and he had failed the nation. Ultimately, he had failed himself. In the quiet of the night, in the quiet of the night, the guilt and the shame weighed heavily, heavily upon David. And he began to pray. Oh, my friends, those of us who are Christians, we have so many examples in the scripture. Because in the to deal with God or what we expect from God. Because in the quiet of the night, when you're alone, especially when you're alone with God, having your quiet time, the Holy Spirit will convince and convict you of everything you've done. And in this case, my friends, it was David. In the quiet of the night, he realized what he has done. He had sinned against God, and he began to pray. And we have his words in the Scripture. When you go home, you can read it again. Psalm 51, and David began to say, Have mercy upon me, O God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner, when my mother conceived me. Oh, these are the words. And the psalm continues, my friend, but those are the words of David. Do you ever sin? You commit a sin against somebody and against God. In the prayer book, we, we, we ask for pardon and forgiveness for sins we, are com we have committed and sins we have omitted. You know, because at times we commit a sin and at times we fail to commit a sin directly, but we have sinned. And so David, like all Christians, go to God and say, have mercy on me. Pardon and forgive me. Every day, I make it part of my prayer to ask God to pardon and forgive me for sins I have committed against God and against my fellow human beings in thought and in word and in deed. Something I may have done, I may have said. God, have mercy on me. And every Christian, every Christian should have that in their prayer every day. Say, God, have mercy on me. Because, my friends, the only people who say they have not sinned are the people who have no idea 
they have a relationship with a righteous God. I don't do everything correctly every day. And we sinned. And David has given us an example. David had sinned and he knew it. The guilt laid heavily upon him. David was not only sorry for his sins, but he was determined to change. And therefore, he went to God and asked for pardon and forgiveness. And because God is able to do for us what we are unable to do for ourselves, God can get rid of the guilt. God can get rid of the guilt we feel. And you should, my friends, connect with God every day. When I sinned and when we sin as Christians, as a people, we go to God and ask for pardon and forgiveness. And where possible, we go to the person we have wronged and ask for their forgiveness too. Because we know that God is on our side. If you don't know that, my friend, then something is wrong. God is not against you. God is never against you. In, in, in the epistle to the Romans, the apostle Paul says, he who did not spare his own son, shall he not be on our side? So I go to God, and I look at my guilt. Number one, I say to myself that God is for you. God is for you. I want you to wake up every morning and say, God is on my side. Because if God is against you, my friends, there are a lot of things that will go wrong in your life every minute of the day. For God did not send his own son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God loves you. It's not God's purpose to condemn you. It's his desire to take away your sins, to keep you from sinning, and to save you through his son, Jesus Christ. I am not condemned by God. I am loved by God. Romans tell me there is no condemnation because of Jesus Christ in my heart. I am loved by God. All God wants from me is a moment that I can say to him, have mercy upon me. Pardon and forgive me. God is for you. Secondly, we can say that God understands you. I mean, if God is for me, he better understand me. And God understands you because he is the creator. He created you. You are who you are because God knows you. The scripture says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God invites you to talk it over with him. And his promises, he promises an outcome of great relief for every one of us. God said, just come, let us talk about it. And David went and talked to God about his sin. And David was forgiven, my friends. God is for you, and God does understand you. 
Thirdly, we can say that God is interested in you. Definitely, God is interested in you. Because if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you need to do this and tell God where you went wrong. Just tell him. In fact, why am I telling God? He understands already. But it's okay to tell him anyway. Just tell him where you went wrong. Tell him that you are sorry. He will take care of everything else and wash it away, transforming you into a new creation, a new creature. That's all we need to do when we sin. We go back to God and we confess. But that does not give you permission to sin every minute of the day. Because Paul says, should we continue to sin because grace abounds? By no means. God's grace is there. But that does not mean we have an invitation to sin every day. Amen? It means we have to be very careful. But when we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous, says the Scripture. Interceding for us. God is interested in you, my friends. And we can also say that God looks at you every day. He sees your beautiful face because he created them. He sees your beautiful personality because he is enhancing you. God looks at you every day. The scripture says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. If you follow Jesus and stay true to him, you don't have to worry about the judgment. Your guilt is a thing of the past. Because Jesus died to cleanse us from our sins. I am cleansed, I am washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Because I confessed my sins. And the God who created me is ready to have mercy upon me. Because he is a good God. And he is a gracious God. All I need to do, my friends, is that you need to trust God. You need to trust God. And David went to God because David trusted God. David went to God because David knew about the goodness of God. He knew about the mercy of God. He knew that God can forgive sins. You need to trust God because the scripture says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so we wake up every morning and say, new every morning is new. The love of God to me is wonderfully new. Because every morning after confessing your sins to God, you become a new person, my friends. Cleansed, washed, forgiven, and you're ready for each day's activity. This morning, do you feel guilty every day? Why not take it to the Lord in prayer? Fanny Crosby says, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Have you trials and temptation? Is there trouble anywhere? Fanny says, you should never be discouraged. 
You know why? Take it to the Lord in prayer. Because in his arms, he will take and he will shield you. And there you will find a solace. Oh, David knew that even before Fanny Crosby wrote the words of that hymn. David knew that. And he went to God and says to God, have mercy upon me. Cleanse me from my sins. Help me to overcome my fault. So that as a believer, I will not carry my guilt with me 24-7. But I will leave them at the foot of the cross. Because my Savior has died for me. Go home this morning. Forgive him. And remember that your God loves you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God's people say, Amen. Amen.